Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1014 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves 10 is the biggest show yet, taking place September 22nd through the 25th at Metro, Smart Bar, Riviera Theater, and La Nocturne. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for Darkest Before Dawn, a nonprofit providing resources and support for workers in the nightlife industry. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we are chatting with Thursday Smart Bar performer JC. This is Rituals.
I grew up in Mexico City uh, up until I was like 10 or 11. And then my family moved to the suburbs, which is basically part of the city. You know, it's so, so big and, and it keeps uh, expanding. So it kind of swallowed the suburbs in a way. Uh, but I've been living in Mexico City all my life. Um, I moved back to like the center of the city when I started making music as rituals. So yeah, I, this is my city. I, I was born and raised here. How did you find your music? For me, growing up, it was, you know, MTV, 120 Minutes, wandering around at Tower Records or Sam Goody. Uh, it was pretty similar, you know. We had the cable TV, we had MTV. I remember as a kid, uh, like a little kid, watching the, had like a whole uh, video on MTV. Of course, I, I didn't pay much attention to it, but it did have an impact on me visually because I remember like a band playing like a cover and like... Uh, tape you know like cassette tape like that image like born in my brain and when i was like maybe 10 i think uh, i started watching mtv and listening to the radio and not long after that i discovered uh, i don't know like some some rock bands you know like they, they what was uh, popular at the time like nirvana marilyn manson the smashing pumpkins uh and i just like started buying cds and i went to the store and like bought a cd and so maybe some other uh cities that had like cool covers and i would buy them and see yeah if it was good or not uh, but yeah, it was mostly like radio uh mtv and going to to this record store also we had a, a pretty cool radio station in mexico city called uh, radioactivo which was like the alternative rock radio station so, so and it was really big at, at the time, and like every kid in, in school was like listening to it, and we were always like sharing uh, music and stuff. So you put out your first EP, and you either called it Untitled or you left it Untitled. Yeah, I left it Untitled. Uh, but then you recently re-released it, and you gave it the title CDR, even though it's available on vinyl and digitally so are are you confusing people on purpose here the first dp was is actually like untitled right it, it doesn't have a title it, like you know some bands will call their albums untitled the label it was released on it was uh bizarro records and a lot of the releases on on that label at the time were untitled and since all the bizarro releases back then were cdrs all of them would be called cdr so the album, uh, well, the EP um, came out uh, untitled, but everyone referred to it as CDR. It's listed on Discogs as CDR. If you if you look for it like on blogs or like uh, torrent websites, uh, it's it's called CDR everywhere. And like six months later, when I started using Bandcamp, and I finally uploaded it there. Um, I had to call it CDR, but like you said. Uh, calling a vinyl CDR, it doesn't really make sense. The actual title of the vinyl is The Crosses, you know? Uh, early on, I, I, I like, this, those three crosses are my logo. And I used to put it on, on everything, including the, the meta tags on the MP3s I was giving away on MySpace. So a lot of people thought uh, the name of the band was The Three Crosses, Not Rituals. So I kind of played along with that, reissuing the vinyl. So now the title of the vinyl is a three crosses which has no real pronunciation 
So you spent a few years, you, you put out EPs, you put out singles, and then Doom was the first, you know, full length after, after you know, all those years of putting out the singles for EPs. So tell me a little bit about what, what made you decide at that point it, it was time to put out something longer. After uh, Hypermotion X, my third EP, I wanted to release an album because I was like trapped in the cycle that I was putting out uh, a couple of songs and touring for like six to eight months and then releasing more songs and repeating. So I was kind of getting uh, like frustrated. I didn't have time to, to work on a full, full album. So I started to, to work on new music, like thinking this is going to be an album. This is going to be a full length. So I, I don't want to just release EPs. But the thing is, uh, at the same time, I was already feeling kind of burned out with the whole like witch house, like scene, sound, and everything. So I, I wanted to do something more, and I started like experimenting with different sounds and styles, and you know, like song structure, even uh, like started including vocals on on the songs. And in the end, the whole process took me like four years a little over 40 years and there were like five versions of the album i had a, a full version of the album in like late 2013 and i could just kept working on it and uh, remaking some of the songs making arrangements writing new songs like a couple of the songs on the album are like from the last like six months i worked on it uh, just, i just wanted to make something like really different that would be like the a transition to a new uh, to a new stage in, in, in rituals, you know, new era. Uh, so I started like bringing all these sounds like industrial and dark wave and singing and still trying to keep at least a little bit me, you know. Uh, but a lot of people associate that kind of sound with witchos, but I think it's uh, not really witchos because I don't do a lot of like hip hop beats and you know that some of the things that are um, usually associated with with witch house, uh, but it does have this atmosphere, this mood that I call the the purple. You know, it has this purple thing about it. I think it's very ritual still. So when I when I felt I was I have an album that sounds like I wanted to sound. It's something different, and I think people are ready to hear. I was like, yeah, I have to put this out. You made a score for the 1922 silent film, Haxen. Tell me about the the idea behind that and, and the inspiration and the execution of that idea. Uh, well, someone I know in Mexico City used to have this independent um, theater. It was a really small thing, you know, like maybe 30, 40 seats. And they used to project um, like obscure movies and, and stuff. Um, and they approached me about doing a live performance to a movie i was like yeah that sounds cool i've seen people do that and i think it's like something really weird and different you know but i wasn't sure what, about what movie like i could score and they suggested Haxen. so i had seen it before but i, I don't really remember much about it so i watched it again and you know it's a silent film and there are different versions with different music from 19, 1920 or 22, so it's like 100 years old. So there are different versions of uh, the music that, that goes with the, with the film. 
so I, I was watching it uh, on mute, you know, just observing the visuals and the story and, and everything. I was like, yeah, I can definitely do something about it. And I, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of making like ambient and drone music. I'm a big fan of don like dungeon scenes, black metal, obscure, like uh, cavernous, like techno music. Like I, I buy gear fairly often and I have all of this gear that I rarely use when I'm making music as rituals. Like I, I will just record some sounds and then like modify them on the computer and then use them on, on rituals. Like basically sampling my gear. So this was an opportunity to do everything live with gear, no computers, no uh, like pre-written uh, parts. Uh, so I, I started like making some patterns in my Digitact and I had did all these synthesizers with like six or seven synthesizers and like effects pedals. And it was like half improvised, half uh, pre-written because I had all these patterns, but I had to like tweak them every time. I recorded myself like practicing like three or four times and every time was a little different. So what you hear about uh, on, on that album is what I played live in front of like, I don't know, 25 people. There weren't many people there, but it was a really special night. It was really cool to, to be able to do that. Came out really weird. I think uh, it works. Uh, the music works really well with, with, the, with the movie. It's really uh, horror-like.
let's talk about your newest release. You put out uh, Radical Macabro. Am I saying that right? Uh, it's, it's, it's the Spanish so Radical Macabro. My Spanish accent is is borderline offensive. It's fine. It's fine. The accent doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your newest release. <laughs> I was working on this album like for like six to eight months before the pandemic started. And I had a pretty good chunk of it uh, already finished by the time lockdown started. I, uh, I was about to record the vocals. Uh, the week after lockdown started. So the whole thing like got scrapped, like all of a sudden tour goes, tours got canceled and everything, you know? And I had this album that I set out to be like really upbeat and intense. I wanted something to that would be like high energy to listen to and play live. So when, when the pandemics and, and everything started, I kind of scrapped the whole album, had to wait the rest of the year to see if things were going to open up again or not. And when I went back to the album, uh, I felt I, I really wasn't feeling it as much as anymore. You know, I was kind of feeling like detached from these songs. So I started reworking on them. So I spent like three or four months reworking all the songs. I know it was, it was a dark time. So I think I made it a bit darker than, than it was originally. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to be, just wanted the album to be high energy and, like music, like high energy, like great to, to listen to live. But then when, when it was like time to write the lyrics and everything, um, I came up with making it a, a concept album, you know, because I, I realized there was a, a sequence the album followed musically that felt like highs and lows that ended in a really low, low. So I, I wanted to write lyrics that represented that uh, with words. So I set out to do a, a, a concept album, and it's a, it's a concept album about like, you know, things every everyone experiences these days, um, mental health issues, and going to therapy, and uh, getting medicated for like anxiety or depression, trying to get better, not getting better, being stuck in this loop of these dark times <laughs> that is our life right now. I wrote all the album. I finished uh, recording it early last year, like maybe around April or May. And then I uh, I had to mix it and, and master. I, I did everything myself. I, you know, two years of not touring, no no releases and uh, lockdown, locked inside of uh, during a pandemic. I was on a very low budget, so I had to do everything myself. So yeah, I, I think I finished the album like, a day or two before New uh, New Year's Day. By then, I had already this idea that I wanted to release singles from it. But, you know, 90s style singles, you know, like Nine Inch Nails or Marilyn Manson would do. They had like the single and a B-side and some remixes, maybe a cover song. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do uh, singles. And then I realized I like, I think I can maybe do all of the songs as singles and make remixes and everything. But I think that might be a, a bit too much. So when I was trying to decide what songs would be the singles, I, I was like, I, I'll do five. So I, uh, I started working on remixes, doing uh, some cover songs. Uh, all the instrumental B-sides on the singles were songs that, that were uh, written for the album originally, but I took them out because since the album became a concept album, that had uh, 
the lyrics was, were as important as the music. I didn't want uh, instrumental interludes between the songs. That, that's the reason why the last album, on, the last song on the album is instrumental because that's like the end of the character in the, in the album. You know, he, he dies. <laughs> so what you're hearing is like him or her or they going away. So yeah, it was it was really complex, uh, but way easier at the same time to make than than Doom. You know, this was really straightforward. It just the pandemic got in the way. That way, it took longer. But I, I had this idea, um, and everything went really really uh, fast. It was really kind of easy to make, to be honest. I saw you put it out as a deluxe edition with with a bunch of your other CDs and a zine. Tell me about the the zine. The scene is, is like 20 pages of art and lyrics. You know, it has all the lyrics to, to the songs on the album and art. My friend shoot all the art for the album and the singles, but I, I don't like to just use like photos, uh, slightly edited photos. You know, I like making art with them, you know, like heavily manipulating them digitally. So all the, all the art uh, in the scene is, are these photos altered by me you know they're like just weird like digital experiments with photoshop and and the whole thing was risograph printed you know so it looks really cool and uh, it's a nice quality paper um, and i don't know i've always liked uh, you know touring I, I always find uh, i find myself playing like diy venues and at these venues i always find like scenes you know everyone makes scenes bands, artists, uh, poets, whatever, you know, writers. And I've always liked uh, collecting these scenes from everywhere. Uh, if I can find one, I'll, I'll just buy it, or if they're free, I'll take one. And I wanted to have something similar with this album uh, that also doubled as a booklet for the for the album, which is not included in the single CD, like Digipack version. So like this deluxe edition has all the singles, all the music, the scene, which doubles as a booklet with the lyrics and the art. And it also includes like digital download codes for like instrumental version of the album and a slowdown version of the album. So it's like an insane amount of content in one box. We are going to see you Thursday, September 22nd at Smart Bar. What else do you have coming up for the, the rest of the year? I'm, I'm planning to go back uh, to the West Coast after cold waves I'm, I'm actually uh, like talking to promoters and venues about it right now because i was supposed to play it early in july it was a whole tour with other bands but it, it got canceled last minute uh, so I'm, I'm booking those dates again right now and then i have an european tour coming in november um from november 2nd to the 20th i think it's like something like 16 or 18 dates um haven't been to Europe in a while. I was about to when the pandemic started, so I'm really excited about going back. Um, yeah, I, I have a, a festival. I'm playing in Mexico City on uh, the 15th of October. I'm really looking forward to playing that too because I haven't played a show in Mexico City in like over two and a half years now. So yeah, this is going to be cool. That was all I had for you. Did I miss anything that you wanted to mention, promote, go over? No, just like... Um, listen to my new album. I think if you if you haven't listened to my music before, I think it's a good starting point because I brought a lot of the ideas from when I was starting as Rituals 
but like did them in a very different way, which is more like uh, current, you know. Uh, so it, it's a good starting point. If you like, if you like the new album, I think you you're gonna like my live show. Uh, I play most mostly songs from it and, and the singles. And yeah, just check out the rest of my of my releases. Uh, there's a lot of music I made out there. A lot, a lot of music. So you'll probably find something you'll like.
On this episode, you heard Disintegration, Nadir, and Die Here Now. Rituals can be found at rituals.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Acumen Nation. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Andy Harriman. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Martin Atkins once again sharing another one of his memories. He's missed. And all you can do... See, this is the this is why it took a while for you to pin me down for this, because now here we're thinking about this and talking about it. And all you can do is be present for the people who are here, have your radar turned on, and be alert to any communications from anybody. And after our experience with Charles, which is uh, he he finally gets out this weekend after being in a hospital since the end of October last year, you'll see all members of Pigface just in the most mundane conversations about whatever, they all end with, oh, hey, you know, I love you, man. You know, I love you too. It, it just changes how you proceed moving forwards, you know. In a way, he might like that. He might value that. But I wish, I, I wish that hadn't come at such great cost.